0: This is Peter.
1: And this is Tom.
0: And you're listening to History Teachers Talking Podcasts. All right. This is Peter Zablocki and Thomas Fresco and welcome back to our podcast. This one, uh, this one you found, Tom, and it's uh, it's quite interesting to say the least.
1: Well, yeah, I think it's a little bit different. We're branching away from the presidents and American modern. history.
0: I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. It's kind this of is like modern, though. That, That's what's crazy about it's it. Modern. Right?
1: It's modern. It's it's the modern world connecting with, I guess, very really Paleolithic era. Is what we're really looking at here. And I'm sure people know of this story before it's out there. I'm sure there's other podcasts dealing just with this. But today we're going to look a little bit about the um, North Sentinel Islands, and particularly the Sentinelese, which are an indigenous people who inhabit the island. It's in the Bay of Bengal in the Northeastern Indian Ocean. And they're basically just this um, small tribe that is isolated from the modern world.
0: Yeah, and they no, say not. it's, a, and we don't really know how many of these no. tribesmen are there. We know some estimates, and this is a big window. They say fifty to five hundred. Yeah. Reason we don't know how many of these tribesmen live on this secluded island is because no one can actually get to this island to this day. These people have uh, the Sentinelese have spent the last sixty thousand years basically isolating themselves from the rest of the world. So there's yeah. really, really little we know about them, and whatever we do know is from just like viewing them from their boats or on their beaches trying to kill whoever's getting near with arrows. You know, like, all you see is really arrow distance photographs because they do not let anyone yeah. near the island.
1: The only times people see that now, and we'll get to it, but like the Indian government put like a three-mile nautical naval blockade around the island, so they don't let anyone even come near it. There's a couple instances when people sneak through, which we'll talk about, but really you, the only time people outside will even see the island now is if when they're flying in from a certain airport, they'll fly over the island. That's it. Now, you one occasionally there's some researchers that'll fly some drones over the island, uh, but that's really it. Like they just said, they're just going to leave them alone. And it's roughly the island itself is roughly um, 23 square miles long. Does have a shoreline about 50 yards long. And it literally has a dense tropical forest in it. That's where these islanders um, live. And the whole island is also surrounded by coral reefs, which also make it kind of yep. – is one reason why it, was, it wasn't visited as much during the colonial times, which is something that we'll talk about. But the um, North Sudanese who live there, a little bit about them is that they believe they're about like 5355, five, which is called the island effect, right? Because of like mm-hmm. nutrition and things like that there. They know their diet. They're pro- they don't believe they have any agriculture, that their diet is just coconuts and um, other fruit from the island, sea turtles, seabirds, and fishing. That's basically what they do.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what I was looking into, the same thing. It's like we don't really know much about them. You know, at all. Much about them but it, the premise of the island itself being with the coral reefs and everything else, it, it kind of is a natural protectant. And because of yeah. the vast number of trees there, we don't really see what is below them. Based on one single visit, which we'll get into in the 60s, we kind of have an idea that – These people live in huts, right? Um, Yeah, that are like that they build facing one another. Uh, They have very carefully like tended fires outside each hut. We know that they have canoes; they build themselves because we see them. We actually there's pictures of them on these canoes. They have these super long poles that help them maneuver these canoes, and only the canoes are only really. Used around the shallow waters near the coast, they don't really venture off the island by any means. So they only stay in the calm waters yeah. in, inside shallow. the reef. They're only for shallow yeah. fishing. They're not going to be seaworthy. You know. Yeah, and as you said, fish and harvest crabs. Um, the hunter gatherers, for the most part, you know, live on you know whatever they could grow on the island. I mean, Eggs, maybe from seagulls or turtles, wild pigs.
1: Yeah, there are a couple of wild pigs and stuff there. It's really whatever the island offers them, that's it. And that's what keeps their population where they are. Obviously, limited, you know, nutritional-wise. But, you know, enough to survive, obviously. 50 yes. to 500. Well, the weapons yeah. are interesting, yeah.
0: Yeah, the weapons, a lot of them are what I was looking into. They said that there is iron there on the island, but a lot of it stems from washed ashore, yeah. white settlers or wannabe settlers crashing their ships or anything along that line. And they kind of used to make them suit their needs. Yeah. but. There was no actual iron on the island unless it washed up on the island.
1: Yeah, there's actually a shipwreck which we'll talk about that's still there. You can see it on Google Earth, and they've the Settini's basically just cannibalized that ship, cut pieces from the hull and stuff, and made arrows and spear tips with that that they used to shoot at anyone who comes by. <laughs> so this is definitely one of those places where you you can't go to. It's on the list of like travel. It's illegal. It's Travelers yeah, yeah. travel banned there, and plus you don't you wouldn't want to because it's going to result in your death again if you get like I guess. 500 people with machine guns and you can take the island and we're not saying that like but it says there's no reason to it's just well yeah and as the indian
0: government basically protects it 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 says you know if you even if you want to get anywhere near it or even if you want to send a drone near it you need permission directly from the government because the indian government is very much like you know what we're going to let these indigenous people just let them be which is insane because Think about it like the clashing of cultures, right? Here well, we that's are. what it is.
1: It's that otherwise they'll go extinct. They just yeah. know from their culture will be extinct. They speak a language that no one else knows. It's yeah. totally unintelligible. Like, as far as no one, they thought maybe they could, it would be something like a, a Jawar language, which is like another native to India tribe or peoples. But mm-hmm. um, it's it's just nothing like that. Like, this, these people have just been their own. You know, them, they often, they think, I guess they're aware there's an outside world, but they don't really know what it really is. Yeah, I mean, crazy, you would assume also,
0: there's like planes flying overhead and stuff, right?
1: Well, occasionally the planes fly overhead and you can see it. But remember, if they see these things, they just get shot with arrows and stuff like that, which will talk about like when they try to like recover some of the bodies of people there. It's just isolated. And they basically, they don't want to be in contact with anybody. So they're just like, let, let them be. Because also, they know, they'll, they'll die of diseases too, if they ever try to have like prolonged contact probably. Because they're so like isolated from outside world.
0: Well, so what we do know about these people is that they. This one we could probably all agree on is that they do not like to have company.
1: <laughs> no, but could be a reason why. If you if right, you so look let's... at the history of the island, they might just be. I mean, they might just be naturally more aggressive too. It's one reason why they probably survived this long. But there could be reasons why they are so aggressive to outsiders. If you look at the the colonial period of this. All right, so let's time. let's
0: get into it. Let's start start talking about every time we as a people and tried to get on this island and the results from these sometimes successful and obeyed mostly unsuccessful ventures. So Tom, you want to get us going? Well, like the first kind of like survey
1: of it was in 1771 when mm-hmm. the East India Company basically observed there was a bunch of like lights upon the shore, basically the campfires, right? The, the cooking yep. fires probably on North Sentinel Island, All right? So it was the first recorded mention, but the crew didn't investigate it. It wasn't until almost 100 years later after a monsoon in 1867, that an Indian merchant vessel actually uh, fell onto the reef of North Setonese Island. And then the passengers actually had to like abandon ship and they reached the beach safely when they were there. They didn't see anybody for like the first few days. On the third day, they got assaulted by a group of islanders. So they started shooting um, arrows at them and the captain um, fled the ship a boat and they all like basically went back onto the, um, on the ship and just kind of stayed there. That was kind of like their fort where they stayed and they basically uh, had to wait for a rescue. And a, when the rescue party came, they had, like, fight off this attack from, like, sticks and stones um, and stuff like that, just hiding on the ship and, like, making loud noise and stuff that kind of, like, scare them away. And then this kind of made a lot of people cry. So the, uh, that's when they finally realized there were islanders. And then they started um, observing and seeing that, you know, years later that there were um, islanders catching fish with bows and arrows. And they thought they were um, other tribes at first, so they weren't their own, like, separate tribe.
0: Yeah. It's. Eight, I mean, we're talking eighteen hundreds though, like a, yeah. like eighteen sixties. Yeah, and you know the fact that this island, but as we said before, because of the natural, you know, tendencies of this island, geographical tendencies of this island, it was kind of left alone. It didn't really have any.
1: It didn't have any um, value. It didn't value have any strategic whatsoever. value. Yeah, so it, that's one reason why too. It was kind of like left there. Is there like. The British were worried about the colonial powers, mostly the British, right? They're worried about other things. They were dealing with the Atomese, um, I guess. That's yeah. That the nearby uh, who, yep, are, yep. who are also in India, and um, they actually befriended somewhat, and um, they eventually meet up with the Atomese, who I guess had some knowledge of this island before. They actually go to the North Sentinel Island on their own in 1880, and then again the islanders see them, and then they flee, they run away, they flee back into the um, the jungle. Yeah, and, that, and that's when they follow them into the jungle. and They find a lot of these like abandoned villages and paths and stuff like that. And this is what they think actually causes a lot of the strife is because they actually capture six people: an elderly man, a middle-aged woman, and four children. Their whole idea is we want to make contact with them. We want we want to see if we can negotiate trade. We want to obviously convert them to Christianity. You know all that stuff, right? And they take them to Port Blair, and the the woman and the man die pretty quickly. They get pretty much they die almost on arrival. They get sick right away. And they die. And the children start to get sick as well. And then um Maurice Vidal Portman, he's like the um guy who was in charge of this. He's basically mm-hmm. a colonial ambassador. To a lot of the other uh, the Islands and stuff like that in this area, in the, off of the coast of India, and he's like, "Oh man, like what's going on?" He's like, "They died. The kids are really sick. This is not good." So he hurriedly got the kids and he sent, he put them on a boat, sent them back to the island with a whole bunch of gifts in an attempt to like still establish friendly relations. So he he sent them with a whole bunch of like jewels and jewelry and food. Yeah, I heard and it, was, like it
0: was coconuts. And it also, this yeah. is the weird thing: they left him with like utensils.
1: Yeah, like metal utensils and stuff yeah, like that. Like what? Well, I guess to show them what the outside world has and just put them back on the island. And they're thinking, and he did revisit island a few other times in 1883, 85, and 87. But a lot of these researchers from Natural Geographic, um, which do a lot with this, with this tribe in the 60s and 70s, early 80s, they kind of said this is what pro- they believe really soured any a chance at relations. Because think about it, you know, there were six of them, four come back. The four that come back are really sick and ill, right?
0: Yeah, and that, the question is, did they spread that illness to other they people have there? Sp-
1: they could have spread other diseases to other people there. Who knows what type of stories they told, you know, the people that were there, you know, about, yeah. you know, they were kidnapped, they were taken, these two people died right away. But they weren't killed. Like, they didn't, no one shot them, stabbed them. They just died. Like, they just died, you know, from disease, which might be something they really had very little knowledge of, if you really think about it. You know, like, yeah. being so isolated, especially, like, certain diseases, like, pneumonia, smallpox, they had no idea what those were. And to suddenly see someone die like that would just be like they were healthy one minute and then their life was over the next. Like, what's going on?
0: It didn't deter people from going, though. Oh, no, I no.
1: Mean- well, well, for somewhat. Like you said, he went a few other times. He didn't really establish any relations. He goes off does his thing. Again, this is island is so isolated that people are just like, yeah, whatever. Like, a lot of times. But then you always get someone's idea. Of, I want to, like, see it. Now, the British had a, um, on the Great Anaman Island, which is nearby, it had a penal colony set up. So the next contact came in 1896 when someone escaped from that island and drifted into North Sentinel beach. on, um, the And they reason, drifted they back melt-
0: to the Island though, which is kind of scary, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like, you, you get away from the Pinot colony, <laughs> but you, the, the currents are taking you to this Island of natives. Like, again, he probably had no idea. And only because people were out searching for him, that his body was discovered by a search party days later, just laying on the beach. With countless arrows, arrows in yeah. a cut, in th- a cut throat. And the party yeah. said they never, they didn't see a single Islander the whole time. So he probably washed up ashore and then was instantly attacked. And there yeah. was a few other ones nuts. too that happened. Yeah, because they just you know, well, think about it. the last time they came in contact with someone, people got kidnapped. So they're going to be like, yeah, we're not dealing, with, we're not dealing with this. They probably had some sort of decision that anyone who comes to the island gets killed.
0: Those anthropologists, yeah. though, the uh, Trinok Pandit that kept on going. Yeah, he back. comes later
1: on. Yeah, he comes later on.
0: He starts off a few times, like that he's, you know, he's an anthropologist and in the name of anthropology, and he gets permission from the Indian government to try to make some kind of contact. One time he is fairly successful. Um Him and his crew actually land in, and they're able to land on the North Sentinel Island. They kind of go inland. They're not being attacked, and they find these hastily abandoned huts, and people wind up fleeing at first. So they wind up leaving gifts like cloth, candy, plastic buckets, so on and so forth. This, however, does not necessarily end well either, right? Because they bring, I think the expedition brings police officers with them well they there was a Indian bunch well,
1: there, there was a bunch so it, it's kind of good like there were a few attempts in the mid 18 1899 you have some people that go there and they said you know we're going to go there and we're going to take some people with us and they all just get killed right away some yep. people are like all right we're not going back there anymore and then really until tn panda which really is in 1960s he starts right. to go there's a there's an italian explorer that goes in the 1954 but he doesn't actually meet any inhabitants so a lot of times what they would do i like the centenese basically had you know lookout posts, I would assume, and then when they saw people coming, they would just hide in the jungle. Other times, they would send people out. But um, T.N. Pandit is an Indian anthropologist who basically works with this anthropo- Anthropological Survey of India, and this kind of became his like life's goal was to explore and befriend the Sentinelese, right? To mm-hmm. learn about them, and they did do a lot of stuff. In the beginning, where they were just, um you said, they went into the island and they found these lean-tos. They mm-hmm. also found like uh, raw honey, skeletal remains of pigs and stuff like that. The Indian government was a was aware that leaving the sentinels in the area completely isolated, probably it really wasn't something they could do either at this time because it was they were worried about illegal exploration to the island. Uh, mercenaries could take refuge there. People who could like you know just use it for smuggling. So they wanted to protect the island and they didn't want these sentinels to really go extinct because they were you know, this isolated tribe. So they started to uh, survey the land, things of that nature. At that time, TM Pan, it was kind of put in charge of all that. And they would like, do all these surveys of the island. You can you have some of the vi- videos are available online. You can see them on YouTube and stuff of them, like some encounters. Uh, I know one very interesting one was they actually left a bunch of stuff on the beach, some coconuts. Pigs, coconuts stuff. and toys.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, toys and stuff. That And they basically took the dolls and ripped the heads off.
0: Yeah, and, and they buried in. him in the sand.
1: They buried him in the sand. They killed the pig right there, and buried him, throat, the buried him in the sand. So like like they, we don't want it. Yeah, the only thing they took into the into the woods with them were the coconuts. Everything they loved else the coconuts. They just, everything else they, like the thing. Everything else they just they just destroyed, and they, they made them like see that they did the aluminum cookware. I think the cookware they took in too, and but they just kept on like launching arrows and stuff at the documentary crew. One of them actually gets shot in the thigh.
0: Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show.
1: And um, and apparently the St. Nies who shot him was like laughing because he saw that he shot him and was like laughing at him. So they're like aggressive, but they also like taunt. But this is one of the first times that the pictures were photographed and kind of sent out in National Geographic magazine. So it was the last time like
0: things were- Oh um, yeah, 67. You're right. That was six, 1967. Yeah. Yeah,
1: that was some of the first ones. And again, it doesn't really go well for a long time, but they just keep on doing it a little bit. Every couple of weeks, every couple of months, they go back and would just like float these things to shore. And sometimes they would come out and take the stuff. Sometimes they wouldn't. Sometimes they would come out and just like taunt them, shoot some arrows or just pull out their knives and be like, you know. Get out of here. Not- we'll get back
0: to, I guess, T and Panda in a minute, right? Isn't it they bring a woman anthropologist in the 90s? Yeah, but
1: I want to I get to that one in a second because I think okay. it was in 1981 when the um, there was a cargo ship. The MV Promos crash landed on the island. Mm-hmm. It was carrying like, chicken feed from Bangladesh to Australia, and it ran to just off the seas, and it stranded a small crew. And after a few days, the captain called and said, we need help. We need like an airdrop of firearms because we keep on getting attacked by um, 50 armed islanders. They kept on trying to, like, board the ship. And they said, we need help. But well, the so weather
0: they, saved them. Didn't the weather save them?
1: They're, yeah, the weather – There have strong waves that prevented the canoes from reaching the ship and a lot of their arrows. So they had 31 men to hold off the approaching set knees with like, they're using axes, pipes, flare guns. And they did this for nearly a week. And then eventually the crew were evacuated by a civilian helicopter um, that was by – with support from Indian naval forces. And the ship is still there. And they said this is what gave them access to, like, large quantities of iron for their weaponry. That you can, you know, there was a um, scrap deal who actually won a government contract to go and dismantle it and had, but every time they sent people there, they got like attacked by, by like the sentinies.
0: That's insane. So, this whole so thing the, is so surreal to me. So they
1: were just like, all right, fine. So like what they started to do is they would give them like bananas out, hoping that would like have, make them just go away. And they took the bananas and came on board the ship and were friendly, looking around for small pieces of metal. And they kept on doing this for like at least like twice or a couple times a month. Why they were there for like the last for like eighteen months? Every day they had to like give all these like things to the these otherwise they would just like I guess attack them. And they were always looking for like scrapping on the ship. And the hull of the ship, a lot of the ship is still there.
0: I just think it's surreal. We're talking about nineteen eighties. First of all, why is this not yeah. a movie? Right? Because that should be a yeah, movie. Something like that. And the sec- right? And the second thing, it's nineteen eighties, and these guys are like barely repelling the attacks from arrows and spears. Well, they're not soldiers either. These they're are not just soldiers, like they're, yeah.
1: they're, they're crewmen. So they have like axes, fire extinguishers, flare guns. And they're trying, like you know, fight fight them off and scare them off with that. That's why they said, "Listen, if you can't come and rescue us," which also I don't know why they just can't some get, can't get someone to the rescue them. But I guess it's so isolated. Nuts. They're just, they're just like, all right, just have a helicopter fly over and drop off guns <laughs> because we need to, like you know,
0: fight insane. these people
1: off because they're gonna they're, they're trying to kill us. And basically, on um, but the main one that you were talking about before, yeah, the peaceful one in 1991, right? and they think the reason that it's the first time that a woman, a female anthropologist, actually was there. And yeah. she was the first time a woman was part of the, the contact expedition, and a lot of them, um, these kind of led their guard by the tribes. Well, they think that the fact that it was a woman shows that oh, they're um, they're not here to take us over because the women may, they're assuming are not as aggressive, you know yep. whatever tribal thing follow they might follow and things like that. That's at least what these anthropologists believe. So having her there, they actually um, approached. No, they her came out. Of, they
0: brought women. Yeah, they brought their they, children out. The
1: children were on the beach. They brought, and again, you can see this interaction. That this is they have this on tape. And you see like, this one guy comes out pretty close actually. And then this one woman runs out, grabs him and pulls him back. So you see some of that sort of stuff. Like yep. this curiosity there, but it's the first time they approached a the party without weaponry for the first time. They collected coconuts. Again, um, they were um, retreated to the shore as the team jester and they come closer. Um, they said one thing happened, there was a dinghy and the dinghy kind of pushed a little bit off, you know, when it started getting pulled out the shore and there's an was there. And then uh, so the guy sees that the, that the dinghy's like going out further. He actually pulls out his knife. And then it starts to, and then it points to that Pandit. And since it's pointed back at a dinghy, to be, you know, and he thinks all oh, he's like, he thought he was there to stay. He's like, yeah. you better leave, you know. So again, it's like, listen, we can have this little interaction, but you're not staying here. Like, yep. it's very important, that you know, that you are not allowed to to stay here but about two dozen of these these did come to the shoreline a couple did point bows and arrows at them
0: but you know what's crazy if, too yeah. It's like everyone in the expedition right in the anthropology because it was done by the anthropological yeah. survey of india right um 1991 and they all had to sign waivers like yeah. you may die, die. if you yeah, go on this expedition die. and the indian government has no responsibility whatsoever if anything happens to you yeah
1: and one of them actually jumped in a dinghy and took coconut sacks from the dinghy. Yeah, because he was getting said,
0: angry that it would have taken too
1: long to taken too long. coconut sacks. And he said, that's probably where you saw the whole thing, the rifle, is that he like grabbed a police officer's rifle.
0: And he thought it was thought, like a stick or something. They, right? well, they,
1: thought it, they thought it was probably just source of iron. They had no idea what a firearm was, a gun. Yep. And apparently the police officer like violently grabbed it back. And that kind of like didn't like go over very well. Mm-hmm. Right, But um, in light of their friendly expeditions, it, it was kind of getting a little better. And they kept on doing these really until 1994. And that's when the first time when there was a, a little bit of contact, actually, there's a couple of them that actually, in the video, they talk about it, they, they, their hands brushed off against each other. You know, that was like yeah. a big deal because it's the first contact that they had. Because remember, these Setonese too were, were known around the world at the time. They actually were talking about like um, royals in like the 1800s from like Belgium and stuff would just go on these tours that would go by the island to see if they could get a glimpse of this like, you know, forgotten world where these people lived. So they were kind of like in that part of the world, pretty famous.
0: Well, it it kind of got bad. One thing you're talking about when the local grabbed the gun, that's kind of when it soared. And they said after that, they were kind of told to leave. Yeah, yeah.
1: And what the government, yeah, about nine years, what the government was getting worried about is that they just didn't want any like deliberate contact. Yeah. Um, with well, them they anymore. made it illegal.
0: 1996. Um, yeah, they the were about po they worried
1: it. about they' worried about poachers. They actually yeah. took a lot of the um, images. they took them down. like yep. they removed a lot of the images from public view. you can still find them on the internet and stuff like that. and the um the next expedition wasn't until two thousand and three when a canoe built by um, some of the other islanders in the area was given to the visitors. There was an expedition sent in there uh, well aerial expeditions in two thousand four after the mm-hmm. um these were worried about they were worried about the two thousand four Indian ocean tsunami that caused like mm-hmm. devastation. So they were worried that if it could have wiped out this island and they, they realized it did absolutely nothing. And somehow they knew the tsunami was coming and they all went in, you know, higher ground. So Crazy. they didn't find any bodies and stuff. That They realized that they were, you know, not harmed at all from the tsunami, which was like shocking to them. There's a lot of illegal fishing in that area. And this happened in uh, January of 2006 where um, Indian fishermen um, who were illegally harvesting crabs off on the island drifted towards the island. And then their boats were, they kind that of was a big no-no. Yeah, they anchored there during the night, and um, they didn't respond to warning calls from other fishermen saying, "Listen, you really shouldn't stay there." They're like, oh, we're fine. We're just going to stay here the night, whatever. And a group of Settinese tribals attacked and killed them with um, axes that night. And um, their bodies 2006. were put... 2006. 2006. You pretty, you yeah. would
0: think that these fishermen, they know where they're going. They're probably armed with something, right? Wait, it's yeah, 2006.
1: You, they didn't. You don't expect it to happen. Like you're just yeah. on your boat and out of nowhere, these like you know people jump on and kill you with axes. They're you know attacking very savagely and stuff. And if also they say, because these people are like living off the land stuff, if you ever see pictures, they're very muscular. Like they're going to mess you up. Like these are not people, you know, they they know how to do what they need to do more or less. And um, they so they killed them, but then they took the bodies and put them on bamboo spikes facing out the sea, like scarecrows kind of like, you know, this is what happened. You come here, this is what's going to happen. And then three days later, Indian coast guard helicopter tried to uh, send people to, to get the bodies and they couldn't retrieve them because the, the helicopter was getting attacked by spears and arrows so the mission was kind of, like, abandoned. There was a lot of um, talk about should we – should they prosecute the Sentinies for murder? And then they basically just said, no. You go to that island, whatever happens to you, happens to you. Like, it's their culture. And, like, you're kind of, like – Plus, you're no- breaking
0: the law. I mean, the 1996 yeah. law makes it illegal for fishermen, tourists, researchers, and other civilians to approach, even within three miles, this particular island. You're breaking the law by going there. Not that it makes it okay if you get speared alive, but – at the same time, it's almost like you know the dangers that come along with it if you choose yeah. to break that law.
1: Yeah, so a definitely a do not enter zone. This is not a place, hey, let's have a uh, nice tropical island visit and stuff like that. It's like, But no.
0: yet there was a YouTuber that doesn't like to hear that.
1: Well, yeah. Oh, he was part of a movement. This is probably one of the most famous ones, right? Um, John yeah. Allen Show. Yep. He was a 26-year-old American um, missionary. Christ-
0: Christian missionary. Christian okay.
1: missionary, organization of all nations. Their, their goal was basically to bring – Christianity to all the ice all the isolated tribes on the earth. And this was his goal. this is what he wanted to do. And he wrote in his diary. Diary yeah. basically. He was a
0: blogger. He was an internet blogger. He was a obviously. blogger, yeah. He writes
1: in a diary too that he wants to basically go and uh bring Jesus in, bring Jesus, bring God to to the people on the Sentinese. And he writes about it and he knew he was aware of all the things that were there. He got like a, a whole bunch of series of um vaccinations and stuff like that so that he could go
0: and, well, um, they said he got the vaccination, he so he wouldn't get anybody so, else. So, sick. He, so like, he wouldn't he was get them ahead. sick. Yeah.
1: And he and he brought he bribed a whole bunch of fishermen to bring him there. And he, and he, he also
0: he was a very well-trained outdoorsman, they said. Like, yeah, 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 he was knew what he like was, like yeah, He knew dude. what to do. Yeah, so
1: he went there and he he actually and he knew he brought um dental forceps to remove arrows, so he was kind of aware of what was going on. He brought, you know, he did a lot of research, he brought them a large fish as a gift. He apparently hollered at he writes in his diary because he didn't, he wasn't killed on contact, it was a couple of days. He kept on going back. He's like, oh, my name is John. I love you. Jesus loves you. He wrote, he writes in his diaries and stuff Well, like he that. landed,
0: yeah, when he landed, yeah. he screamed He says back. he,
1: you know, he, he was dodging arrows. One of the arrows actually um, hit his waterproof Bible and he like mm-hmm. writes in his diary. You know, like, if you want me to actually get shot or even kill me in arrows, so be it. I think I'll be more useful to you alive. But if it's God's glory that I die, I, I don't want to die. But if it happens, it happens. That's yeah, basically what I he's give saying. all the glory of whatever happens. Yeah. I don't want to die. And that's exactly what happened to him. Is that later on the um, according to fishermen who smuggled his body to the who smuggled him to the island, they sort the of set these drag his body to the beach and bury it. And the uh, Indian government was unable to recover his remains. They have no idea. They did prosecute, I believe, the fishermen for like, bringing you know, him there for bringing him there because like you were told not to do it. But again, these are like poor fishermen. He offered him money, and like if like yeah, this crazy guy wants to go to this island,
0: that's crazy. go
1: like whatever you know. But yeah, this is like a crazy place. I saw this story. I just thought it was really interesting. And you can see like these shots. It's just like this lush forest, like these aerial shots of the island covered by, you know, like you said, coral surrounding it. And it, it could be one of the last uncontacted people on Earth. All right. And they want to keep it that way. And the Indian government's like, going to keep it that way. Now, the, Indian Na- the Indian Navy actually has a three-mile, nautical mile, you know, no ship zone around this island. So there's, you're not allowed to go near it. And if they catch you, you're obviously going to be prosecuted. Now, obviously people sneak through, nice. but... I don't know why you'd want and, uh, to. Like, there's no reason yeah. really to go there. <laughs> nope. It's not going to end well. And
0: the blogger's body was never recovered. The Indian government no, basically like you said that they can't do it because it is uh, – they cited danger for both personnel and Sentinel's people. Like, you know, it is what it is. You should not go there. So that's on you.
1: Yeah, they basically offer protection from what they call the four T's, which is travel, tour, transport, and trade. So there's going to be none of that with the Sentinels. That's based on, on North Sentinel Island. Isn't that nuts? And there's also, obviously other remote places on, on Earth, but this is like, there's a whole civilization there. You know, again, 50, 500 people, which is a big
0: number. I don't know how they, but they're just never Yeah, really I Yeah, mean, they don't know. But, yeah, but it's just never, such a big window, right? Like, oh, it's been anywhere between 50 and 500 people. <laughs> like, what?
1: That speak an unknown language, you know, yeah. I mean, their customs, their traditions, none of that stuff is known. But
0: even satellite images can not get much because of how forested the island is.
1: Yeah, yeah. And you can't so, get, I, some people do try to fly drones over there now. I guess that can change over time, but again, how much is our drone really going to? If if it goes into like the forest, I guess they just attack it.
0: That is an interesting story to say the least.
1: Yeah, it's one of those places. Like I'm definitely like intrigued. I've never go there. Have no desire to. But like it's one of those things that like you don't want to die. (laughs) No, (laughs) no. But I mean, like you know, it would just be interesting to like you know how they live and stuff like that. It's just.
0: It's a, it's different. It's it's a it's a time machine. It's basically what it is. It really is. It's quite surreal. Anyway, I think that pretty much concludes our podcast um, on North Sentinel Island. I hope you guys enjoyed it. If you need to find us, you can find us at www.historyteachers.talkingpodcast.com. Please feel free to leave us a review and click that subscribe button if you guys like to listen to us. And I guess we'll talk to you guys next week. Enjoy. Stay safe, everybody. Everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com. Coming up on Five Minute News, I'm Anthony Davis. You might think it's partisan because maybe it's critical of one side or the other, but it's not, it's just the truth. And I think that's also something that's kind of unusual for Americans listening to the radio or to podcasts because